How's everybody doing tonight? I'm Dylan. If you haven't met me, um, I'm usually around here every Wednesday. I help out, but Dan usually carries the message. But tonight, we're going to change it up, and I am going to be the one talking. If that's all, is that all right with you guys? That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, tonight we're going to be talking about the Apostle Paul. And Apostle Paul, um, if you don't know who that is, he is the one. He is the one that had the road to Damascus experience. So if you don't know, Paul used to persecute Christians before the road to Damascus, and his name was Saul. So Saul and Paul are the same people. He used to persecute Christians, and then later on he became one himself. And so after that, he becomes one of the most influential figures in the first century when Jesus is alive and onward. So Paul is someone that is very known in the Bible. And so today I picked out a story from Acts 27 and Acts 28. And this is where Paul is on his way to Rome, and he gets shipwrecked. And on, in the storm, he goes to an island called Malta. So Paul was a man that was totally submitted to the will of God, and his faith was like no other. He had complete faith in the Creator. So I want to open up, before we read the scripture, by turning to your small groups and asking the question, um, what is one time when your plans went wrong? So if you guys do that, I'll give you a few minutes, and then we'll read the scripture. All right, everybody, sorry to cut you short, but I'm pretty sure this is going to be longer than I want it to be. <laughs> all right, so the scripture we're going to take, this is a long, I'm going to kind of go through all the way from the beginning to Acts 27 to part of 28, but I just picked out a scripture to keep it short tonight, and that is Acts 27, 9 through 20. So you guys have that on your bulletin if you'd like to read along with me. And so starting at verse 9, it says this. Much time had been lost, and sailing had already become dangerous, because by now it was after the Day of Atonement. So Paul warned them, Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo, and to our own lives also. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and of the owner of the ship. Since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided that we should sail on. Hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there, this was a harbor in Crete, facing both southwest and northwest. When a gentle wind, when a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity. So they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by storm and could not head into the wind, so we gave way to it and were driven along. As we passed the lee of a small island called Kata, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. So the men hoisted it aboard, then they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together. Because they were afraid they would run aground on the sandbars of Citrus, they lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the th third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storms continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. So tonight I'm going to talk about when our boat breaks. Um, and we're going to look at what Paul did when his bro boat broke and to see 
how we should take directions that go wrong and how to get through them. So I want to start off by what is Paul is going through. And Paul is going through three things right now. And the first one is that Paul has to deal with the storm itself. And so we hear that in the, the verse that we just read, that an unpredictable storm called the Northeaster um, swells up. And this storm is so severe that it covers the sun and the stars, as it says in verse 20. And so and nowhere in the text does it say that God created this storm. Um, we don't know where this storm came from, but I just want you guys to get that not all of the storms that we go through in our life are from God. Sometimes they're from our own stubbornness and from our sin. And so second, Paul was dealing with a selfish crew of people who didn't listen to them. If you saw that the centurion disobeyed Paul, so therefore he's disobeying God himself because God is talking to Paul about what's going on. And so we see that if it wasn't for Paul, we don't know where the prisoners would be. Paul was guaranteed safe travels to Rome by God long before this. And so when God promises something, then that's going to be something that you're going to get. So Paul was going to get safe travels to Rome. And so if it wasn't for Paul, the prisoners, we could probably say we're going to be dead. And so third, Paul is dealing with a ship that is breaking apart. In verse 17, it says, then they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together. And so, they're, just imagine being out on the waves. I don't know if you guys ever seen a storm in the ocean, big waves, they're huge. It's probably worse than we can imagine. And these guys are trying to throw ropes around the boat to hold it together, just to have all the hope of being safe. And I'm guessing that it's probably not working very well. And so, in all of this, we see that Paul is seeking God's guidance and later on, thankfully, he gets the sailors to finally listen to him. Because they realize that Paul is looking to someone bigger than himself. And so the second thing we look at is what we learn from the sailors' disobedience. So when I was doing this, I realized that in life, storms are inevitable. I'm going through one right now that I wish I was never in. Um, I'm struggling through something, and I realize that it's something that God's going to take and make me stronger through. But I had to come to the conclusion of doing this and going through that, that they're going to be inevitable. And so, as it says, that God had revealed to Paul that a shipwreck was inevitable. And so, the shipwreck is inevitable, and storms in our life are inevitable. And so, the thing is, the, the, the simple thing is that we got to prepare for them. And Paul teaches us how to do that. And so... We also see that the crew of the ship was very impatient. They wanted to get to Rome as soon as possible. And if you already see that the Day of Atonement was a day, it marked a day where the ships shouldn't be out at sea anymore. And so the people were impatient, the crew was impatient, and so they set sail. They had this great gentle wind that they thought would be nice to get to Rome and get to their destination, but it ended up not happening the way they wanted it to. And so I was kind of applying this to our lives. And can we all agree that a lot of times we suck at being patient? That we're then, we live in the United States. This is not a very patient world. We want things now. Who can get things delivered by Amazon in two days? Yeah, that's not being patient. My brother, he lives in Cheyenne. It takes one day. One day. And so I'm thinking that a lot of times we're not patient. And a lot of times in situations that we're going through, we want to get them over with. We want to get them done. 
And this is me included. And so a lot of times we see, and when we hope that the conditions are ideal, like these people did, like the pilot and the owner of the ship did, and so they sent off because the conditions were fine. They thought it was going to be okay. And so they skipped over Paul, they skipped over the Lord's advice, and went to what they thought were expert advice. The experts of the ship, the people that sailed these seas all the time, they knew what was going to happen. They thought it was going to be all right. And so a lot of times we take that at expert advice and we push on when the Lord doesn't want us to. So we have to search our own hearts for when God wants us to go because it, pay, it pays to pay attention to God's word. We got to listen to his word. If these sailors, if, these, if the pilot listened to God's word, they would have never been in this predicament, would they? And so the sailors didn't seek God, but Paul did. And so we must learn from that. We must, that's something that I want you guys to take away from this. This is a serious thing that I'm trying to get at is that Paul took God's advice. And so for me, I think, I guarantee you, Paul knew something greater than the sailors did. Paul served something more than the sailors did. And so Paul knew he couldn't control the seas. He knew that he couldn't control the storm or the wind or the boat from breaking but he knew who could. He knew that God could calm him in this storm like he calms us and that he can control this situation. Now the storms might not have subsided. It might not have gone away, but God was still in control. And some of you might have heard this. I've always, um, it's been told to me many times that sometimes God doesn't calm the storm. He calms us in the storm. Because the storm is leading us something to something that is greater. And so, like I said, God's guidance is way better than any kind of guidance. From the pilot, from the centurion, and from anyone on the ship. And so Paul sought out God's guidance. And it says this in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. It says this, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure things out on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he is the one that will keep you on track. Don't assume, don't assume you know it all. And so I had to learn the hard way that I thought I knew it all. <laughs> My dad and me, we used to go hand in hand all the time of who was right. And guess who was right? Go ahead. Who was right? Not this guy. I was totally wrong. And so I got, one, I got him one time. I remember the one time I got him. I was right. And I... Man, was I boastful. <laughs> so, um, but don't assume you know it all. Assume that God knows it all because he does. And so don't try to figure things out on the, your own. Paul could have tried to figure this all out on his own like the sailors did. But we see that the sailors' ways didn't work. And so Paul, he went to something that was greater and that who knew how to control every situation. And so this... This verse shows us that we must be fully dependent on God. Just not dependent, but fully dependent, guys. We can't be half in and half out with our faith and trust in God. We have to completely trust in him like Paul does. And so when we seek his guidance, we must lean on him for support. Because I guarantee you, when you do, his support's not going to collapse on you. It's like... It's like a tree in a big storm. Like this storm we're talking about. You think a tree was going to hold up in this? We're out in the middle of the ocean. Obviously, that probably was not the greatest um, 
I'm referenced there, but um, it's going to collapse. And everything in this world, if we lean on it, it's going to collapse, guys. God is the only solid foundation that we have. And so we aren't called to escape the trials that we face. Paul wasn't called to escape this. You don't see Paul trying to get out of this. Because Paul knew it was going to go to something greater. And later in this sermon, I'm going to get to that. What it led to. What Paul was able to do after all of this disaster. And so we must face these storms that we go through like Paul does. We must um, push on. We must come to realize what to do when our plan doesn't go right. And I hate to break it to all of you guys, but I found out the hard way. And you guys might have found out already. But your plans are not God, God's plans. They're totally different. And see, Paul, he wanted to go to Rome. He was thinking like, oh, I get Romans get to pay for the, my trip to Rome. He's going as a prisoner, if you guys haven't figured that out yet. That he, um, before this in Acts 26, he um, is in front of a whole bunch of big... I would say judges, big people that has Paul's life in his hands or think that they do. And so he appeals to Caesar. And so when you appeal to Caesar, you go to Rome. So he's on his way. And Paul has always wanted to go to Rome. So he's probably happy right now that he's going to Rome. And he's going for free. He's going on Rome's dime until he gets into this storm. And this isn't his plan. So God's plans are not our plans and our plans are not God's plans. I think I said that right. But... Did I say that right? I said it right. Okay. I have confirmation. So <laughs> but so we see what the sailors did, and we see um, what Paul is going through. And so now we're going to look at um, what we can learn from Paul's obedience, from Paul searching out God and doing what God wants us to do. And so before I get into this point, I want you guys to know that there is no record. Luke Root, Root, Root writes the book of Acts. There you go. Um, writes the book of Acts, and Luke is with him on this trip. Uh, we can see because he writes we. And so that is usually one other guy and then um, Luke and Paul. And so Luke, nowhere in this chapter or chapter 28, records Paul questioning God. Now think of that. How many times have you guys gone through something where you question God? A lot. I do all the time. And not, so not once does Paul waver in the thinking that God has him and has these sailors in his hands. And I'm reading this and I'm thinking to myself that Paul is not complaining whatsoever. That Now Luke could have left it out, but I feel like Paul is the type of guy not to complain because he's been through it all. Um, Paul is someone that um, before this, um, Second no, yeah, Second Corinthians eleven twenty five says that he's been shipwrecked three times, so this would be his fourth time. That's a big deal, guys, and he ain't drowned yet. Like he ain't a fish, he's not. But he's been shipwrecked three times already, and he's been through it. If you guys go back and you read that Second Corinthians eleven twenty five, it tells us everything that Paul has gone through. And so I picture Paul as the guy that backed in to get in a plane crash. And you know what the wrong with that is? Is they don't have planes back then. He gets into everything. He gets himself into trouble a lot. So I picture this guy, he's probably flying. He's going to get himself in a plane crash, and they don't even have planes. If you guys are, like, picking up what I'm laying down here, is Paul gets into a lot of disasters. 
And I think he loves it. Like, he seems to really enjoy being with these people, facing death in the face on this ship, about to drown, but knowing that he's not because he's been promised by God to do this. I think he's enjoying it. I think, I, I can't imagine him doing really any other thing. If he knows that he's going to make it to Rome, that's God's promise, he's probably enjoying it. I wouldn't be, would you? I'm not the best swimmer. And, and the water's probably cold, but <laughs> Cassie can, yeah, is cold water fun? <laughs> so what Paul does in this time is he gathers the ship's crew and he encourages them in this time of distress. So during this, Paul is able to bear witness to Christ. And that's what we're supposed to do. See, the plan for the pilot and the centurion was to get to Rome as soon as possible. And this is what Paul was thinking, that he was going to get to Rome. And then all of a sudden, this storm called the Northeaster comes up and it wrecks his plans. And so Paul really wants to go see the people in Rome so he can preach to them, so he can witness to them and um, spread the gospel. But all of a sudden, he finds himself on this island called Malta, which I'm going to get to a little bit later. And I'm thinking, and I'm thinking to myself, this is... This is really hitting me hard, guys, when I'm doing this. This trial I'm going through, I don't want to be in it. And I can sit up here all day long and wish God would take me out of it. But after doing this, I can't do that. That this, My heart is that I got to go through this. And I got myself into it. I don't feel like this is one of these storms that God kicks up for me. But I see that God's in the middle of it. And so now I have to learn what to do and to follow God. And like... When I used to fight my dad tooth and nail for always to be right, I always threw a fit when my plans went wrong too. And so I think a lot of us do. We get upset when our plans don't go right. And here I'm just talking to Paul. I think he's enjoying this. I think he's all right with his plan going in a totally wrong direction because he has faith in God. And for me, and I think for a lot of you guys, you would be kidding yourself if you don't think when your plans go wrong that you're happy about it. Is anyone happy when their plans go wrong? And I think it's every day that a plan of ours goes wrong. And it's our duty to see how that points to a greater thing, and that is which is God. And so I never liked not getting my way, and I still struggle with it. I don't like the word no. And so that's something that I have to deal with. See, when our plans go wrong, we get what's called bad theology. And theology is the study of God and what we're supposed to portray him as. And when we don't get our way, we see this bad theology, which is seeing the world in the wrong way. We get upset and we see God as someone that's against us, that isn't for us. And that's totally wrong. That's not what we're supposed to be like. And so when we face a situation like Paul, we must show the power of God and let everyone know that God is the one that is in control and the reason we are able to endure. See, Paul pointed to no one but God in all of this. And that's what we're supposed to do. Guys, we have the power to endure. How many of you are going through a trial right now that you don't wish you were going through? Anyone but me? Anyone? Yeah. What are you doing? Are you guys just riding the waves and wishing it was going away? Or are you trusting God with it? And so... <clears throat> We must know that God is the one that is in control. It's nobody else. And so we also see that Paul seeks refuge in God. And so 
we see that we should seek refuge in God. And so sometimes we're going to get blown off course. I have many times, and I've only been a Christian for two years. And I can't count on one hand or two hands how many times that I'm going and all of a sudden this Wyoming wind comes about and blows me off. Who hates the wind? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I see that sometimes we're going to go off course, but no matter how far we go, God's always with us. See, this island of Malta, they're supposed to be in Rome, right? They're not in Rome. I hate to break it to you. Did you guys get that yet? They're not in Rome. They're in an island called Malta. And you know how far Malta is from Rome? Some 500 miles away. This is how far they've been blown by this wind. And so, but we see that God goes every single mile with these people, with Paul. That we see that later on in Acts chapter 28, that God is on the island of Malta and is working miracles through Paul. And so no matter how far, I've been more miles away from God than I wish I would have been. But I'm still back where I belong. And so I think that when I was doing this, I realized that Malta's far off, right? That Malta's nowhere near Rome. But God is still traveling with these people. And I want you guys to get that. I want that to stick in your head. The trials are going to come. The wind is going to be unbearable. And we're going to be blown off course. But no matter how far we go, God is still with us. And so another thing that we can learn from Paul's obedience is that trials bring opportunities. Do you guys get that? The trials bring opportunities. There's a reason that Paul is going through this trial, which we're going to get to just here in a little bit. And so trials bring opportunities to serve other people. So people, Paul went on to the island called Malta later in Acts where he healed many people and he bore witness to Jesus Christ. See, he went on this island and it says, now if you guys, I would love for you to go. And this is just a little bit of scripture that I picked out. This whole story is, it's big. I think 27, um, chapter 27 is 44 verses long and then it keeps going on to when he gets to um, Rome and how he preaches and the whole story. Paul is so fascinating, guys. And I want you guys to go home. Not tonight. I bet you have homework. And But if you have time tonight or tomorrow, I want you to read all the way from Acts 27 to 28. Because there's a lot of things I'm hitting on in here that I can't cover right now. That The scripture is just too big. But see, we see that Paul gets to the island of Malta. And right off the bat, if you guys read this, he gets bitten by a snake. And so this is another thing. He's been shipwrecked. He's got disobedience. And then he gets bitten by a snake. And I'll let you guys find out what happens to him when he gets bitten by the snake. It's pretty interesting. But it's another witness to how powerful God truly is. And so he heals people on this island. And it doesn't record, Luke doesn't record anything of Paul preaching to these people on Malta. But I want you guys to realize that Paul is one of God's most powerful people that he sent on this earth to preach the gospel. So we can pretty much guarantee that he is trying to preach the gospel to these people on Malta and show them Jesus Christ and that he serves a God that is like no other. And so I want you guys to see that Paul has a mind of Christ through all of this, the mind of Christ. And that's what we're called to have, is the mind of Christ. See, when you have the mind of Christ like Paul, you can get through anything. And some of you might be 
totally lost in this whole deal that I'm not going through a trial. I'm perfectly fine where I'm at. And that maybe you're thinking that you don't need a God because you got this all figured out. That you got all these hard times. You just bear through it. Well, it's the Wyoming way that we just suck it up and we go through it. But I guarantee you one day, like a lot of us can witness to, that we're going to have a trial that knocks us on our butt. We're going to hit rock bottom to where we need someone to save us. And that someone is God. And so we need to have the mind of Christ and a willing heart not to be afraid of the storms that we're going through. And so we see that Paul's plan really didn't work out. And so he probably didn't want this disaster to happen. I don't want the disasters going on in my life. And I think a lot of people in this room, the leaders can say that they don't want a lot of their disasters going on in their lives. But in a way, we have to suck it up. But we suck it up because we have God in the mix. And so Paul, in all of this disaster, the disaster he didn't want to go through, he became the person that changed his heart and he starts to proclaim his faith in God to the people on Malta, to the people on the ship. There was something like 276 people on this ship, guys. And that's a lot of people. Imagine if you were on the ship of 276 people and you had the chance to change their mind and to bring them to Christ. Would you do it? I don't know about you because I'd have to go through a shipwreck. I'd have to think that I'm going to die. But we need to have the attitude to where we are willing to be out in the middle of the ocean, sailing for Rome, getting in a shipwreck, and trying to proclaim faith to these people that probably never knew God. And so what the devil intended for evil, God turns around into good. See, I would like to maybe think that this storm wasn't from God, but it was from the devil. The, the devil didn't want Paul to go to Rome or to Malta because he's bringing people to Christ. And so life can get messy, but believe me when I say that God can take any circumstance and turn it into good if you allow him to. And so now I have to hurry up. So um, we're getting to the end. Don't worry. Bear with me, please. Um, so I want you guys to know that God is with us even in the worst of storms. He always shows his face to us if we seek it earnestly. We must prepare and expect the trials to come and for our plans to go wrong because it is for sure to happen. But we must seek God's guidance through prayer and thanksgiving like Paul did. And I want you guys to realize that Paul didn't complain. He didn't quit, guys. He didn't just walk the plank, say, I still have East the people. I'm making it to Rome no matter what. You guys defend for yourself. No, he stayed on this ship, guys. He didn't quit. You guys are all laughing up here, but what if we quit in half the trials we went through? What would happen? I don't want to know. But we have to get through it because God wants us to. And I want you guys to know that this might be the most depressing sermon or message you've ever heard. That like, man, I don't want to go through these trials. I don't like this. But see, good comes out on the other side of bad. Paul got to witness to the people on Malta. He eventually got to Rome and got to preach the word to a lot of people. And so things sometimes have to be bad before something can be good. The shipwreck was bad, but after all of that, Paul was able to preach the word to people on Malta and heal people. Who knows what came out of all of this trouble and what the people of Malta 
did after Paul left. We don't know. They could have came and started to preach the word to other people because this is how powerful God is. This is how his word works. And so who knows what Malta did for the kingdom of God because Luke doesn't record it. But we can expect that whatever comes out of our trials is nothing like we could ever imagine. That it's so much better that God has this way of turning anything around and making it so miraculous that we can't comprehend it. We're humans here and God is all powerful and we can't comprehend how God does what he does. And so I got one more thing to share, but first I want you guys to look at this song that I picked out and it's all about storms. It's all about having faith in God when the storms come and we don't know what to do. So if you guys would pay attention to the screen and then I'll be back up. So you guys, did you get, did you get those words in your head about what that song was saying? I want you guys to go into your small groups time and I want you guys to talk about the questions that I've laid out in front of you while thinking about that song because God is our anchor. He was the anchor to Paul and Paul remained steadfast. So I want you guys to think. I want you to turn to your small groups and think when you're answering these questions if you're going to remain steadfast. All righty, guys. I already got chewed out by Lori that um, you guys didn't get enough time, but we got to get you out of here. Dan said I had to be done by 8.15, so he's kind of the boss here. So maybe God's the boss here. We can stay here as long as you guys want. Who wants to stay until 9? Me neither. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I want to leave you guys, before I pray out, I want you guys to leave with this thought. That Paul's ways was not easy. But it was sure God was present and active in this unplanned storm. We too will face storms, but the ruler of the storm travels with us as well. And I want you guys to, I want you guys to take that bulletin home. And I want you to, I would love for you guys to cut that out and put it somewhere. Buy your bed or something. I know it sounds so cliche, but I got so many good quotes in my room and my office and everything of just little snippets of things. And I think it, that is something that we should get through the day and read in the morning. Because the fact is, is that no matter what we're facing, good, bad, ugly, happy, Whatever it is, that God's right there next to us, and we got to realize that. And so, let's pray if you guys would bow your heads, and then I'll let you get out of here. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, just thank you so much that I had the opportunity to um, give a message that you laid on my heart tonight, Lord. I just thank you so much for that, Lord. And I thank you for all of us being here, God, the leaders, the kids, myself. I just know that it wouldn't be possible without any of us, God, that it wouldn't be possible without you, the leaders, or anyone, God. So I just thank you for who's here tonight, God. I just pray that they can take this message that um, you laid on my heart and apply it to their lives as they leave that door, that they realize that out there the storm is brewing, that Satan wants to get us down so badly. He wants us to be blown over, and he wants us to be shipwrecked like Paul was. But the fact is, Paul got through it. All the sailors were fine. They were undamaged. And that's what you promised us. You promised Paul safe travels to Rome as you promised us safe travels to heaven. And so if we just focus on the fact that you are our God and that Jesus died on the cross for us and we bear through these storms with you by our side, God, you promised that we will be one day with you in eternity. 
So I just pray, Lord, that we can learn from Paul, that we can see that everything works out for the better, God, that Paul got to go to Malta as we get to go and we get to witness to you in our storms and our trials, God. And for the kids that are going through those right now, Lord, I pray that you lift them up. I lift them up to you, God. And for the ones that aren't in trials right now, God, that they're going to be. It's a sad fact of life, God, but it happens that we're going to go through storms. We're going to get shipwrecked. And I pray when those kids, when each and every single one of us in here does that, that we look to you and for your guidance as Paul did. So I just pray, Lord, that you give us the strength to go about this week, Lord, that we can glorify you in all that we do. Thank you for your son. Just thank you for this opportunity. And thank you for breath, Lord. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.